The cringe speak. The galaxy has heard a mysterious broadcast, a threat of the sequel trilogy, in the sinister voice of the late Emperor Mickey. General Fanon dispatches secret agents to gather intelligence, while Kai, the last hope of the Jedi, trains for battle against the diabolical Magic Order. Meanwhile, Supreme Leader Fanoners rages in search of the Phantom Emperor, determined to destroy any threat to their power. Hello, every fanoner. Welcome Hello. to our Star Wars special, our May 4th special. We hope Welcome you are a Star uh, Wars holiday special. No. We hope that you are here enjoying the celebratory days. I know I am cuz tomorrow I'm well I'm recording this the day before. We're all recording this the day before. Tomorrow I'm planning to watch all 9 Star Wars movies and live tweet about it and you're going to see just how much I hate episodes 7 through 9. In the time you can watch nine Star Wars movies, you can probably watch all three Lord of the Rings movies. You know, I could do that, but I actually care about Star Wars. Have you seen the Lord of the Rings movies? I tried. That's you guys are fucked up and evil. I, dude, I, I it might you have not helped that I went through the extended cut. Um, no, that's the that's the correct way to do it. Yeah, dude, I'm not sitting through like I tried sitting through three hours of Lord of the Rings, but like. I get why people like it. If you can sit through I three hours of Endgame, you can sit through three hours of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, here's the thing. I care about what happened at Endgame. I don't give a shit about what happens in the Lord of the Rings. That's evil. Like, if anything, I bet, I'm going to... I bet you've li- never even look, read the Cimmerillion. Look, 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 Jake, buddy, pal. If I'm going to experience Lord of the Rings, I'm going to do it through an audiobook. That, uh, let's see how long the audiobook of the Lord of the Rings is, shall if we? If I remember correctly, The Hobbit is 10 hours and it is a theatrical version, like a, a, a the, cinematic The Hobbit is one. the shortest book. Yeah, but the there is a like a cinematic <clears throat> live audio one. Lord of the Rings trilogy unabridged audiobook is 54 hours long. You see, here's the difference, though. I can put that on in the background while I work on other things. Are you really going to be listening to it, though? You got me there. Isn't know. it crazy that they released a movie in 2001 called The Two Towers and nobody thought anything of it? Anyways, so today we have a very special episode for you. Of course, today we have to do something Star Wars related. So we scrounged the internet and found something that we thought could be pretty enticing to listen to. Wait, it was and Star Wars? And enticing, we mean Jacob and funny. Wait, it was Star Wars? What? Did you think it was Star Wars? Wait, I... So I wasn't supposed to get this Deep Space Nine fan fiction? Oh, god damn it. <sighs> you just had to get the Deep Space Nine hold fan on, fiction. Hold on, let me find a new the one. Deep, the Deep Cock Nine I found fiction. one. Okay, I'm proud of you. I posted it in fanfic links. Thank you. Alright, who's narrating? Uh, Matt. Matt, okay. you're your default narrator. Who wants to do summary? I will do. I will do all the author's note related things in summary. Okay. 
<clears throat> Mandalorian Menace by Courtesy Treflin. Something shifts in the air around them, and the next thing D Din Djarin knows, he and Grogu are still in Mos Espa, but it looks different. And what's this about Jabba being alive? If Din accidentally adopts Anakin before Qui-Gon can take him to become a Jedi, well, that's definitely going to change things. It's not his fault, okay? He's new to this time-traveling a business. Chapter 1, nice. Skywalker. Something shifts in the air around them. Blah, 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 blah. It's a thing I just read. I don't know why they put it twice. Author's note. I'm really excited to be releasing this fanfic. I wrote all 20 chapters and 62,000 in exactly three weeks. I'm assuming that's words. Yeah. But it's only 25,000 words and seven chapters, so I'm assuming it's still being updated. Probably. Yes, it was updated today. Seven hours ago. Seems, it seems like it's updated weekly. That's good. Um, so it said something of a record, and since it's done, you'll be getting updates on whatever Tuesdays I'm not releasing something else. Colon D, but updates will be on every fourth Tuesday at least. Also, this was inspired by Master Quartsters. What do you mean time travel chapter one? They said anyone can adopt their plots, so I adopted that one. I'll probably adopt a bunch of the others, but so that's neither here nor there right now, period. Capital L-O-L, -L, period. End colon. End parenthesis. I know what words are. Close the plot is mostly the same, but not entirely. Just a heads up. Anyways, I hope y'all enjoy this time travel fix it fic, colon D. P.S. There's Mandoa in here, and I put all the translations at the end. Let me know if I miss anything. Carrot dash carrot. Tilled. Amina Gilla. But the author's courtesy... Ah, oh, whatever. <clears throat> Courtesy Treflin is an account that they use for collabs written by Amina Gilla, Tirana Sorky, and Ravana Rita. They are members of the oh. Writers Alliance. Hmm. Nope. The air feels weird, staticky almost, in a way that Din Djarin can't really put into words. Grogu seems to be especially attuned to it if the way he's perked up is any indication. Jacob is playing Grogu, by the way. What? Oh, I wanted to be. I wanted to be. John I want to be. Can I be John Anthony Mandalorian? I want to be John Anthony Mandalorian. I want to be John Anthony. Mandalorian. Rock paper scissors. Okay. Rock paper scissors. Post in the I chat win. what you chose. I win. Count to three. Post what you. One, two, three. You can't do post that. In, <laughs> post, post it in general. <coughs> oh. I, Right, since you're both being naughty, maybe Sergio gets to be John Mando. <laughs> Fine, Jake. You can be fucking John Anthony Mandalorian. All right. Jacob is Jonathan Anthony Mandalorian. I will be Grogu. Mandalorington, if you will. What? <clears throat> He's alert. Far more so than usual. What? He begins to say when a strange ripples rushes over him. He blinks and suddenly the scene before his eyes shifts. The street doesn't look the same anymore. And there are people in places where they weren't before. They aren't even the same people who were just there a moment ago. What in the name of Kara is going on? Grogu, are you seeing this too? Din questions a bit uncertainly as he looks down at his child. He had gone to look around the city the morning after he had Boba and everyone else drive the Boba Pike Syndicate from the planet. He wanted to see how much damage had been done to the city before leaving Tatooine, 
and now none of that damage is there anymore. Grogu's answering coup of acknowledgement is surprisingly serious and apprehensive. Din can't help but fall Give back to automatic pattern. Give us a coup. Give us a coup, Grogu. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And after first making sure that his cape is pulled to the side enough to shield his kid from any prying eyes, he takes in their surroundings, taking note of everything. The atmosphere in the crowd seems excited, almost, but it's far cry from the relief that everyone was exuding a moment ago in the aftermath of the Pike Syndicate's defeat. I don't like this, Din mutters, slowly walking down the street of the marketplace, finally stopping next to an alley. He scans the crowd, but other than a few curious interested glances, everyone is ignoring him. Which is good, because Din knows how visible he is in his best gargam, and if people are overlooking him, he doesn't need to be on his guard quite as much. At times like this, he really wishes that he and Grogu could communicate better. The kid's inability to speak in any known language really makes it hard for them to figure out what together is going on. He lets the buzz of conversation sweep over him as he stands there, trying to pick out anything which might help him figure out what's going on. His first thought is that he might have been drugged, but the chances of someone sneaking up at him without him or Grogu noticing aren't very high. And then he hears the name Jabba, so he turns in the general direction of the voice and listens intently. That he invited Gardula for the Bunta Eve race. A nearby middle-aged human man is avidly saying to a few other individuals. Okay, there are two, actually three problems with that. One, Jabba is dead. He's been dead for the past five years. Two, Bunta Eve doesn't even occur Somehow on this Jabba time of has year. Returned. Third, many people don't celebrate it anymore ever since Jabba was <clears throat> killed. It's a hut holiday after all, and Din is well aware of how many were glad to be rid of the despotic hut. They celebrated his death. This is something is very, very wrong. We might have a problem, Adika. Din murmurs, careful to keep his voice down as he glances down at the baby. He never used to talk much, but all that changed as the Grogu came into his life. Din has found it soothing, in a way, to explain everything that's happening to the kid. That sometimes help him sort out his own thoughts at the hand of the situation. It sounds like Jabba is alive, but he's been dead for years. Grogu babbles incomprehensibly. Please babble. Hey, well, I love the sequel trilogy. There was nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's just like it's just like a good set of movies, you know. Like the characters were really compelling. I really liked Ray. I thought that Finn was uh, was really good. They they really really gave him a lot Waiting of new dialogue. To make a point. The point, however, is completely lost on Din. He suspects that his kid knows much more about what's happening than he does, probably because of his jetty magic. It's still slightly aggravating, though, because as much as he would like to make a few inquiries of a passerby, he doesn't even know what to ask. Well, the date, perhaps. That's probably the only thing that wouldn't make Din seem like a complete imbecile. Walking up to a stranger and trying to clarify his Jabba is dead or not would be strange, to say the least. Although asking the date, especially the year, is also weird, he supposes. He shrugs off any feelings of unease, at least as best he can, before approaching an elderly lady who is the vendor of a fruit stand. May I ask the date? He doesn't care much for the month or day, but it's the year that catches his attention. It's 968-ARR. That's... Sergio, what's that's, ARR for those who don't know? 
Uh, that's a good question because I don't know. Let me get back to you on that. Oh, after the Rusan Reformation. What's a Rusan uh... Reformation? Star Lords uh, for you. Uh, so, so, so quick lore. Uh, so, a thousand years before the Battle of Yavin, there was what is called the Rusan Reformation. It was right after the Jedi had just defeated Darth Bane. Uh, the Republic made some. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, reforms such as the Jedi couldn't have their own military, and you know, Jedi couldn't form attachments, and you know, Jedi could only. Uh, pick from kids and that the Jedi were to be completely divorced from the politics and the military of the Republic. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it was a, it was a large restructuring of the galactic Republic following the new Sith wars, taking power away from the Supreme chancellor and reinvesting it into the galactic Senate. It's nine, six, eight, a R R that's, that's dank. Fadik. That's a couple years before he was even born, he thinks. He's seen and heard many strange things in his life, but time travel? Not so much. That's a new one, even for him. And it is definitely not something Din has ever heard of before. The woman doesn't say anything, or stop him when he wanders off again, with a nod of thanks to her. We're in the past, buddy. I don't know how that happened or how it's even possible. He tells Grogu. But here we are. The kid coos, ear twitching. Din knows how to fend for himself, and his priorities haven't changed. He still needs to protect Grogu and keep him safe, but at least this time, he doesn't need to worry about the Empire hunting him and his child. No one even knows they're here, and that anonymity is more than welcome, especially right now. Din takes a moment to mourn all the friends he had. The people he will never see again, no doubt. But Grogu, Grogu will always be his first priority. Foundlings are the future. This is the way. I love how Din is just readily accepting time travel. It's been less than five minutes, and he's just yeah, like, I'm in the, I'm in the past. I mean, what now. are you gonna do, man? Fuck. Like, he doesn't know how he got there to begin with. He might as well just accept it. Right, but I, I'm just impressed at his ability to immediately ascertain that he has, in fact, been sent back into the past it's just it's an it's a very uncharacteristic part of time travel stories grogu will be safe if he stays with din so that's not a problem but he does need to find lodgings and food soon and preferably he'll have to find some work so he can make credits they'll need it for a new starship somehow din doubts that whatever brought them here wasn't considered enough to bring his modified n1 starfighter and even if it did come with them it'll be in b Jabba's palace, which is, well, you can't really get it from there anyways. Not alone. The kid coos suddenly, ears perking up as he points a tiny hand in the direction from which they just came. Din stops looking down at Grogu before glancing back at the fruit stand. There's a young boy with sandy blonde hair approaching it, and he looks scrawny even to Din's eyes. Grogu points again insistently, and Din finally realizes what he wants. Maybe. Uh, uh, you want me to go over there? He asks, just to clarify. Grogu burbles in agreement, and while Din is very uncertain about the kid's reasoning, he does trust his instincts, so he slowly moves back to the stand, unsure what exactly it is that Grogu wants him to do. The boy looks up at his approach, something fearful and apprehensive flickering through his blue eyes as he watches warily. 
he's skittish, and Din suspects that he'll run if Din gives him a reason to. There's an awkward pause of silence before Grogu begins trying to climb out of the satchel. Hey, no, kid, what are you doing? Din demands, picking up the child and cradling him in his arms. Don't do that. He scolds him. You could fall. Grogu actually giggles. I'm serious. Give us a giggle, Grogu. We need a giggle. (laughs) 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 I don't like 60-year-old smoker Grogu who loves the sequel trilogy of Star Wars. (laughs) This picture Seth Rogen voicing Grogu. (laughs) And he has particular uh, distinct tastes on uh, the sequel trilogy. Uh. Din's seriousness is said sternly, feeling a mixture of fondness and exasperation. Then, to his surprise, Grogu twists around, waving his arms at the sandy blonde boy. Sergio, would you like to be a small child who will at some point kill small children? What does he want? Eyeing Grogu nervously, the child asked. I'm not sure. Din admitted. Adika? I don't think I'm, I don't think the Mandalorian ever speaks Manda Mandalorian at any point in the show The Mandalorian. Yeah, surprisingly, the Mandalorian is missing a lot of Mandoa. It kind of bothers me a little bit. Grogu squirms, and Din finally puts him down on the ground. He watches, disbelieving, as the kid toddles over to the mysterious boy and starts tugging on his pant leg, making a pick-me-up gesture. After another hesitation, the boy obliges, holding Grogu gently. This is Anakin. What's his name? Din wavers, unsure how to respond to that question. Normally, Mandalorians don't share their names, but Grogu is still only a foundling. His name is Grogu. Din answers. I'm Anakin. Anakin Skywalker. Grogu practically... Doesn't Mando know that name? Didn't Luke Skywalker introduce himself as Luke Skywalker? We will see. Grogu practically squeals at that. Okay, something is definitely up with him. And from the way he's acting, Din is beginning to wonder if this is somehow that Grogu, someone that Grogu knew in the past. That is a rather unsettling prospect. Because while Din hasn't even begun to think about the ramifications of time travel or how that will affect the galaxy, he does know that meeting someone you knew in the past before you actually met them will change things. Does it matter? Probably not. Frankly, he doesn't care. It doesn't matter. First of all, he's going to find a way to get Grogu out of Anakin's arms and back in the satchel where he's safe. We should go, Din says. Grogu pouts and pointedly clings to Anakin even tighter. Din sighs. This is not going to be easy. Knowing how stubborn his kid can be when he wants to be, Din turns to Anakin instead. We are searching for a place to stay. Can you direct us somewhere inexpensive? He hasn't looked at his credits yet, but he's pretty sure that he has almost nothing that will buy him anything. Most of his credits are New Republic credits, which won't really work at this point in time. How unfortunate. You can stay with Mom and I. Anakin offers. He's relaxing now, seemingly more at ease with the child in his arms, who seems quite content to stay there. 
oh yes, they're having a talk about this afterwards. Grogu can't simply be running off to say hi to all the friends or people he used to know in the past. That is almost certainly not a good idea. And really, they have more important things to do, like maybe not associating with... Wait, wait. How could Grogu know anyone unless that person was a Jedi? The kid is young, too young probably to remember someone from before he was taken by the Jedi, right? Is that how I'm pronouncing it? Should it be Jedi or Jedi? I'm assuming it's Jedi. Yeah, Jedi. Because he's like, he's like, what the fuck is a Jedi? Din doesn't know. He doesn't know how those sorcerers work. He doesn't know anything about them at all, really, except for their view and attachments. He didn't even know they were real until he met Ahsoka. And Grogu didn't count. He was only a child, a foundling, not, not a sorcerer. Yet. Unless, of course, this is someone Grogu met afterwards, after the Empire formed and whatever happened to the Jedi. Din can and will ask him, but there's no guarantee that Grogu will even tell him. He's quite certain that the kid will understand, but sometimes he likes to be stubborn. That is generous of you. Din responds. He withdraws the shiny metal ball, the only thing he has left of the Razor Crest, and holds it out to Grogu. Do you want this? It's bribery, but Din doesn't really care. He doesn't like it when someone else is holding Grogu, especially someone he doesn't know. And he doubts Anakin would ever hurt another boy, but this whole time-traveling thing is kind of throwing him off balance. Grogu grabs for it, but Din keeps it out of his reach, taking him from Anakin's arms before letting him take it. He pouts a little, for a moment, before settling with the ball, seeming to decide that he doesn't actually care. With that settled, Din turns to Anakin. Lead the way. And Anakin does. The home he takes Din to is, he notes, in the more run-down part of the city, the part where slaves and the poorest live. That alone makes him a bit uncomfortable because he doesn't want to take advantage of these people's generosity. It's a very small home, lit by small windows and ceiling fixtures. The main room has a table surrounded by chairs, clearly the dining room of sorts, while the kitchen area is along one wall, partially, but not really closed off. Another wall has a workspace of some sort, and an opening leads to what Din assumes are sleeping rooms. It's different, but he has been in worse places. Mom! Anakin yells when he enters, a tension that Din didn't realize was there seeming to mostly disappear. I'm home, and I brought some people. An older woman appears, her dark brown hair, which is graying in places, pulled back. Her clothes are worn, and she's visibly started when she sees them. Din definitely doesn't miss the wariness in her dark brown eyes. She, like her son, seems uneasy around him. Or maybe it's just that they're uneasy around strangers in general, which begs the question of why Anakin even invited them to his home. From the way they're both acting, Din suspects that they have been mistreated, probably for a very long time. He knows already that if he can help him, that if they ask him to give them help, he'll do it. The kid and I needed somewhere to stay, Din told her. I hope we're not intruding. No, that's okay. She assures him, relaxing somewhat. There's curiosity in her eyes now. You're welcome to stay here with us as long as you need to. Have you been around here before? Awkward question. Yes, he's been here decades in the future, but he knows how Tatooine operates. He knows how to navigate his way through the city. Yes, but I don't have any credits right now. He answers. 
what kind of credits are in use at this point in time? He doesn't know, but it shouldn't be that hard to figure find out. I'm looking for work. Her eyebrows rise at that. Bounty hunter or mercenary? Bounty hunter. Din confirms. With a child? There's a pause as all eyes turn to Grogu, who twitches an ear, pulling the metal ball away from his mouth as he coos. He chose to stay with me. Din replies. He doesn't know how to explain his culture and way of life to these people. How to make them understand that children are important. He's in my care. He is my foundling. I. This is the way. Trademark. Grogu squeals, Trademark waving a hand. The ball slipping from his, <laughs> from his grasp and hitting the floor. Din bends down to pick it up, giving it back to him. He's quite certain that the move is deliberate. Maybe the kid is getting bored of being held and wants to wander, but Din doesn't want to put him down until he's certain it's safe. It's not that he distrusts these people. They're very kind to let him stay with them while he's searching for a job, but it's just the principle of it. He lost Grogu to the Imperial Remnants for a short time and was separated from him for a couple months after that when he was with the Jedi. It was hard. Harder than Din wants to admit. He missed the kid. Missed him so much that he'd wondered how he would be able to continue on as he did before Grogu had come into his life. And then they were reunited only yesterday in his mind. He doesn't want to let the kid out of his sight. Not yet. In a way, it hardly seems real that they're even back together. Oh, I apologize. I am Shmi. People call me Mando. John Mando! John Mando! I'm John. John Anthony Mandalorian. He says in lieu of giving his own name. He has never shared his name willingly with another for a long time, and he isn't going to change that now. Mando? Anakin echoes, looking him up and down as his eyes widen with a childish excitement. You're a Mandalorian? Din is more than a little taken aback by that. This wasn't really the reaction he'd expected. Anakin looks as if a dream of his just came true. Yes, I am. Wizard. Breathes the child in awe. Why does he say wizard? What does wizard. that have to do with Mandalorians? Wizard. It, it, it means cool. He says it in Phantom Menace, and How does Mando he? says it in Book of Boba. Uh, I first now remember that. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I need to look this up. Star Wars. Where has the slang term wizard been used in Star Wars? Episode one, Kit uh, Stir Banai remarks that Anakin's inclusion in the Bunta Eve pod race is wizard Annie. Oh. Did you hear that? In Robot oh. Chicken episode three of Star Wars, Darth Vader uses wizard several times, so it's probably not what you meant. <laughs> 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 it was pretty wizard wasn't it son what I'm bringing it back <laughs> anyways <clears throat> I've heard stories rumors mainly but I always wonder what you guys were like it's endearing but the attention is quickly making Din a bit uncomfortable he dislikes talking or engaging in extended conversations Grogu is different he's his child He's always been different once Din got used to his presence. The kid, thank the Kata, seems to sense Din's discomfort because he makes a demanding noise. Michael, would you do the honors? Yeah, sure. Give me one second. Uh, let's see. What's something demanding? Tendies. <laughs> Tendies now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
Happy Meal. <laughs> Nick Chicken. <laughs> Din obliges no kneeling to place a four-piece chicken McTender on the floor. Let's go! <laughs> and he dawdles off on a seemingly self-imposed mission to look around their dwelling. <laughs> Stay close to me, Adika. Din reminds. He watches Grogu for another few moments before looking back at their hosts. Shmi is speaking to Anakin quietly, but he can't help but overhear. Let, let you go early. He usually doesn't do that. Anakin shrugs. He did. I think he wants to go do something else. Probably something to do with the Boonta Eve pod race. Shmi visibly tenses at the mention of it. He can't have you race in it, though. The child shakes his head, seeming unhappy. He hasn't gotten a new pod yet, and I don't think I can fix the old one. Well, stay with our guests. I will work on preparing something for the meal this evening. Din glances at the window for a moment, and he realizes that it's actually far later than he had initially thought in the day. There are only a few hours left until sunset. That's fine, though, because he doesn't plan to go out searching for jobs tonight anyways. It's something he can worry about tomorrow in the morning. Mendo translations. Yes, this was good. This was good. This was good. I I wish there was a little bit more dialogue, but that's kind of my only gripe with it. Uh, You know, just reading like one chapter of it. Yeah. Yeah. In fairness, we did give you the one role that has no dialogue aside from making cooing cooing noises about how much Gogu loves the sequel trilogy. That's fair. If Grogu saw the sequel trilogy, do you think he would like it? No, no, I do not. I think Gro- I feel like Grogu would baby like baby giggle at it, and then they'd just go, "Wait, why the fuck is the Supreme Chancellor the fucking Emperor?" <laughs> He'd probably go, "Wait, does uh, this imply that I'm dead?" Ouch. Okay, wait a minute. Wait, I am curious. Do you think they're gonna just have Grogu? die before the sequel trilogy or do you think they're just gonna put no i think he's elsewhere i think the same thing is gonna end up happening with ahsoka it's like oh they're elsewhere oh they weren't at the jedi temple or whatever gotta remember that it was specifically at the jedi temple so like i i feel like people were like oh shit grogu dies it's like you know you 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 factor that in you kind of pick up why they went it it also uh, raises the question why weren't there any jedi around to help the resistance yeah. yeah, I mean, where's where's space Aladdin? Yeah, where yeah where where's I mean, where's? I feel like that question is also the, valid for the, the, any the, Jedi who survived sixty Order sixty six up to a New Hope. Like, why aren't they in the resist? Why aren't they in the Rebel Alliance? I I mean, but they they usually actually explain that like 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 they are or they're just like they're doing like other things like outside of Luke's purview. But for the sequel trilogy especially. Like, where are the the, they? The, the, the the ghost from Rebels shows up at the Battle of Rise of Skywalker? Where's Ezra? Because he's not in the ghost. Because the um, I believe it's just Hera flying it. So where's Ezra? Where's Ahsoka? Where's Cal Kestis? Like, there's no sequel trilogy material that features other Jedi. Like, like they, they couldn't even give like. A, a mention in a encyclopedia 
No, but they're they they're there. They're they're the voices in Ray's head telling her that she's awesome and cool. Hey, bro, I don't give a yeah, fuck. The I want to see Ahsoka so Tano. Mark. Ray, what is wrong with your face? <laughs> the Star Wars sequel trilogy is a bigger disappointment than my son. And that's saying a lot. My son gave me radiation cancer in my balls. He also kidnapped my dog. Maybe it's because I wasn't feeding him properly. Oh, well. Maybe it's because my son loves portals. (laughs) Much of the sequel trilogy loves bad writing. That seems like a like a legit line that would be read in fucking red letter media. <laughs> oh god. I'm I'm gonna be honest, I might just not watch the sequel trilogy again because I don't wanna watch episode seven through nine. Like I tried rewatching episode seven, and I just couldn't do it. Why would you? Why would you do Honestly, that? unironically, I think the movie that I'd be most able to rewatch would be The Last Jedi. Yeah, like I For that's no other actually, reason like, than The Last Jedi cinematography-wise is gorgeous. Yeah, that's the same thing I have with like Rogue One, but I just kind of skipped to the last stack of Rogue One. Like why yeah, why I would I ever The cinematography for Last Jedi is really good. It's just a shame that all of the cinematic moments have no narrative meaning or emotional stake in any wider sense that also doesn't destroy the narrative. <sighs> yeah, no, I'm not a person who goes like pretty visuals aren't enough to wow me if I'm just like eh. It's at least enough to make me less pissed off I have to watch something. But yeah. Last Jedi. I nice. will stand by the fact that I like The Last Jedi more than I like Seven or Nine. Really? Yeah. Okay. I hate Episode Nine, and I think Episode Seven is really, really boring. You know what? I can. But episode yeah. other if other than the I hate the Finn arc. The the whole Finn thing in Episode Eight is really stupid. But I wonder like, if there's uh, like hold on. Star Wars episode seven is a movie that is only ever supposed to be watched once because it's very structured to get certain emotional audio like things out of the audience and clap moments as someone who saw it like five times in the theaters it becomes inherently obvious when you're like oh yeah and this is when this is gonna show up and this is where this character is gonna show up and this is where I'm supposed to clap yeah, like, I re- no, I, I I felt that immediately. Like I, I was... really like Oscar Isaac is another one. And Oscar Isaac's really important and I'd say more important in episode eight than he is in seven or nine. Oh my god, it literally just hit me that Poe Dameron is Oscar Isaac. I don't know how yeah. I didn't fucking notice that. I mean, I guess I could rewatch Star Wars with some fan edits, because that is something I've been really wanting to do was experience Star Wars through fan edits. So I think those are fun. That's how I experienced the last season of the Clone Wars. <laughs> we watched that fan oh, edit. Yeah. That the fan edit that, the... that edits in the... Uh, episode the, 3 in the last yeah. season. Yeah. I, I found one that's just called uh, Episode 9, The Rise of Skywalker Anti-Cringe Cut. Brief synopsis. That's one this second. Cut, this cut concludes the story of the definitive anti-cringe cut of The Last Jedi. It removes plot points that go nowhere, reduces character appearances that do not move the story forward, and changes the fate of key characters in the saga. Once again, providing but does some it surprises. Remove Claude? I need my live slug reaction to the game. That's my, my, my issue with episode 9, 
or the whole sequel trilogy is that everything they set up goes nowhere. Because everything yeah, that's, that's set up at the end of episode seven goes nowhere. At least everything's at least she ends up training with Luke though. Like they do the throw away the lightsaber, but then she still kind of trains with Luke. Literally episode nine picks up nothing that episode eight set up and goes out of its way to just throw it out. Which no, I think is out of its way to actively absolutely throw it terrible. I found one. I found those uh found two that are kind of interesting uh star wars episode 8 the last jedi rekindled rekindled is a mostly conservative edit that attempts to improve the last jedi experience by trimming or removing some of the weaker uh, sections canto bite has been greatly condensed leia's spacewalk removed and rose no longer crashes into poe well it's that would be, be like <laughs> it is always difficult to find the right balance between humor and drama, but this cut hopes to retain the lighthearted spirit of Star Wars while removing parts that are distracted from the story. And the second one is Star Wars: The Ford Awakens. It's just it just lets Han live at the end of the movie. Remember the war profiteering plot point that doesn't ultimately matter in the slightest. The war profiteering one that was literally just included to pad and fill out for time. When they were already strapped for I, time. Why did, they, why did they not bring that guy back in episode 9? They don't do anything with that. Because they actively go out of their way not to. Like that's the issue. Is That that would be like if it. You know how at the end of Iron Man he says he's Iron Man? That would be like if at the start of Iron Man 2 they were just like. Just kidding. It was a, was it was a, a deep fake. It that, was a that, deep that's, fake. That, that's how the rebooted Tomb Raider trilogy is. Her arc just restarts and at the beginning of every game. As good as the cinematography is for some of Last Jedi, I have to say the the throne room fight is god awful, atrocious. It's what the, the one with fight, the one with the the red dudes? Yeah, it looks pretty if Fuck you're not you. really like looking no, at what people are doing. Like, it is it, no, it, it's one of the le- the worst choreographed it, fight the scenes. Choreography is horrible. I mean. The guys Maybe I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember liking it a lot. It, it's good watch the first Corridor time through, Cruise but... video on it. What, watch even just watch the scene again. Like just pay attention to where the blades are going. Like nobody is even getting close to hitting each other. There's no people wait for each other to hit hit each other. The the, the knife that gets CGI'd out. Daisy Ridley kicks three guys when she only kicks one. It's. It's a really not well choreographed fight scene. And it's it's a shame because visually the stark red colors are very interesting to look at with the outfits the main characters have. But I I just I don't know. I'm so mad about the whole like Palpatine. I, of course, everyone's going to make fun of the Palpatine. Well, Somehow yeah. Palpatine is returned. But, the, but that's like, oh, it's interesting. Stuff- yeah. Supreme Chancellor Kylo Ren, and then they just they they literally don't bring that up in the ninth movie that he's the Supreme Chancellor. He's, he's a Supreme Leader, Snook not died. Supreme Chancellor. Yeah, whatever. Supreme Leader Kylo Ren never gets brought up. I'm pretty sure it did. It's just not emphasized. I mean, yeah, but but his generals be. are still talking down to him like he's not Supreme Leader. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Hux, I, I think Hux being the spy is so dumb. Okay. Yeah. Do 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 we want to read another chapter? Um, I'm good. We're like 40 minutes in. I feel like. Yeah, we just kind of talked about. Uh, I'm hungry. 
Well, before, before yeah, we well, if we're going to cut off here, I suggest that we we all recommend a piece of Star Wars media for the audience to go check out. The Thrawn oh, trilogy. The oh, come on, man. You, you just break it out the big guns already. Of course. Star Wars The Force Unleashed. We'll talk about mine later. We'll, we'll, we'll start from small. Star Wars The Force Unleashed on the Nintendo Switch. The Wii port is the definitive port of the Force Unleashed, and it's the you're, one that's on the Switch. So you go play me. it on the Switch. No, I'm serious. You're kidding me, right? I'm dead serious. The Wii port is the definitive port because there's a what bunch the of f- stuff that was cut out of the PS3 and 360 version that's in the Wii version. Why? What the fuck? That's also that's not in the PS2 version or the uh, or the DS or the PSP version, which are all the same. What the fuck? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to recommend the uh, Star Wars Clone Wars 2003 animated series by Gendy Tortakovsky, who did Samurai yes. Jack. You can find it all on Disney Plus, and I think it's also on YouTube. Very good. That I just is... like it because the uh, animation is uh, kick ass, if you yeah, will. Gendy it has a lot of really good motions, uh, a, lot of, a lot of good stuff with shapes. It makes General Grievous a threat. Like, a lot of good stuff. Grievous is terrifying in that one. He kills Shaggy. Grievous kills Shaggy. Jedi Padawan Shaggy. Yeah, yeah. Shaggy. Um, I have as 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 de facto the biggest Star Wars nerd here. Um, I have a lot of things, but I I will say uh anything Knights of the Old Republic, Kotor one, Kotor two, yes. the comics, Kotor. Um, uh, Swotor, uh, the tales of the Jedi comics that serve as like the background lore for the Old Republic. Those are also really we good. Should, we should we let people join our Swotor guild. Uh, yeah, we have, a, we have a Swotor guild. Uh, it's on Starforge. Uh, yeah, Starforge, Stalin, Stalin, and the, and the Boy Toys. Toys. Is that really what you named your? Party? Yeah, it's called Stalin and the Boy Toys. I didn't yeah. name it. Nicknamed it. Oh, uh, and. Uh, Best Star Wars authors, uh, Timothy Zahn, um, Drew Carpishan. Timothy Chalamet? Timothy Chalamet. Um, Karen Travis, uh, read her Republic Commando books. They're, they're God tier. Um, I am really drawing a blank. Uh, Troy Denning is mid. Um, whoever wrote the Rogue Squadron books, his name is escaping right now. Stackpole? I don't remember, but whoever wrote the Rogue Squadron books... Um, very, very good. Cert- certified hood classics. For my uh, recommendation, for my recommendation, I'm going to give uh, the audience the true episodes 7, 8, and 9. It is the Thrawn trilogy written by an author named Timothy Zahn. I think it's one of the first extended universe things that were done, wasn't it? Uh, it's, no, they did uh, a lot of comics back in the day. Te- Novel wise, if you don't count Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which was basically just supposed to be Star Wars movie two, uh, Thra- the, the the Thrawn trilogy, I believe, was the first EU novel. I I believe. Uh, I it, it was the one that it was the one that started it proper. If yes, I remember it was it was the yeah. proper like starting point for the post Episode Six era. Yes, and the Thrawn trilogy is a true worthy successor to the original star wars trilogy it's not perfect but star wars isn't perfect either and it introduces mara jade a wonderful wonderful amazing character to the narrative as well as progressing uh han solo in a way that does not turn him into a 60 year old 
degenerate oh, wash up boomer. No, Splinter of the Mind's Eye is the first of the expanded universe. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. saying. But like the first like novel prompt because Splinter of the Mind's Eye was basically just going to be the second movie. Like it was a idea for the second movie that got turned into a book once they decided to like do something else. Huh. So is Splinter of the Mind's Eye not canon to the EU? Oh no, no, no it is. So. Oh it is? It, it it yeah, it is EU canon. So basically, um so George Lucas wasn't sure if he was gonna get like a big budget for the sequel. So they wrote split so that he came up with Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which was gonna be like a lower budget sequel idea for Star Wars because it's just it's just Leia, Luke, and Vader on one planet. But then the studio was like, oh, yeah, here's a bunch of money. And they're like, all right, we won't turn Splinter of the Mind's Eye into the next movie, but it's still, like, it's it's in between four and five. Huh. Is it good? I didn't know it was canon. I, I've, I've seen Splinter of the Mind's it's, Eye, but I didn't know it was canon. It's not canon uh, anymore, but or, back in the olden days, yeah. It, it, if, it, it's EU canon. So it's canon. Oh, that that actually reminds me. Do you guys know about the theory about Darth Vader's broken neck? No. No? Uh, Okay, so uh, if you notice in episode 5, so in episode 4, Vader has free movement of his head. He he consistently moves his head back from side to side. But in episode 5 and 6, whenever Vader has to turn to talk to someone, he turns his entire body and very rarely cranes his head. And when he's being electrocuted by... Um, uh, Palpatine. He has a lot of uh me- mechanical uh, pieces in his spine, which leads um uh fa- some fans to believe that at some point uh between four uh before four and five, or even during like like in between those moments, Darth Vader oh, yeah. had his neck broken, and there's a very when specifically his, a moment. Chip crashed. Yeah, uh, here I got a I got a photo of it. I'll drop it in general. In uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye, there's a part where he takes a tumble down a cliff, and that is one of the believed uh, ways he may have broken his neck. Or when he crashed his TIE fighter in Episode 4. That's that's true as well. That's a funny-looking skull. Yeah, he's funny. That is a bit of a funny-looking skull. Yeah, regardless. I mean, I'm a I'm a big Star Wars fan. I'm getting back into the swing of things. I need to touch some of the stuff that I haven't touched. I know I want to do I want to play through Knights of the Old Republic one and two at some point. So I don't know if you're going to like Knights of the Old Republic one and two, Michael. Why not? Because the gameplay is based on D&D 3.5e. Uh, okay. Actually, Here's... it is based on the Star Wars role playing game that the was Star Wars role playing game e. that was a reskin of three point five e. Here's the here's the difference between that and uh, a video game. I don't have to be rolling dice and lose momentum. I can just play a game. Technically, the the combat is dice based. It I mean, you don't autom- it, just, it rolls it automatically. Yeah, it's literally rolling dice under the hood. Yeah, 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 just hit chances and stuff. It's it's literally just yeah, it's just D and D, but in a video game. My 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 main my main recommendation to to anyone who plays Knights of the Old Republic, as long as you know how D and D is played, you're good. Like, don't do what I did and dump all your points into charisma because I'm like, oh, this is a Bioware game. I'm gonna need all the charisma in the world and then not be able to hit anything because I didn't have any strength or dex mods. Just wait until the the remake when they completely rework the entire gameplay system. 
because there's no way that they're going to be making a turn-based Dungeons and Dragons inspired MMO, not MMO, RPG oh. on the PlayStation Five because I don't think general audiences are gonna fuck with that. Yeah, well, to be fair, turn-based RPGs are kind of a losing game. They're not. Very- I, I, I- I think they should they should keep the tabletop aspect of it of having things be based on like DCs and like dice rolls like under the you hood. Know, I, I was gonna be honest. I got it thinking it was just gonna be like Star Wars Mass Effect, and now I'm kind of disappointed. To hear no, that it's, it's not like Star Wars Mass. It's Effect. like D&D, no, 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 no. It, but, it is Star uh, Wars Mass Effect. It's by Bioware. I, I, I'm yeah, just, it's I Star Wars I, Mass Effect, but with the D, with like the D and D gameplay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I was what I was saying was is that me not knowing how to play, I didn't know strength and dexterity were like required for me to hit things. So I put all my points into charisma, and I was like, why can't I hit anything? Cool. It's still fun. Uh, it's still a Bioware game. Yeah, there, there, it's, it's, it's an amazing story and it's amazing experience. It's just that you have to kind of. It's, it's just not Mass Effect when you learn the, the flow of the Damn. of the combat. Well. I guess it'll just sit in my uh, library then. Cause I'm, well, no, you should you should still give it a shot. I mean, I mean, I'll uh, I'll probably give it a shot at some point. It's just I don't exactly have the time to sit down and play a turn based RPG. Like I, I've said this before to like someone who's a huge shill for turn based RPG, who's like I don't like action RPGs, and I'm I'm on the opposite side where like I'm I'm cool with just mashing one button because I'm here for the story. But like I, my my baby brain is not going to be able to comprehend multitasking that level of difficulty. But I mean, like the thing that I probably will like a lot more, at least, is if I die, I don't lose my entire save file. Nah, the power move is to delete your character if you die. I'm not doing that. Do it. Yeah, I'm assuming when the remake comes out, the remake's not going to be turn-based just because i mean it's not entirely i would say it's like it's 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 active time it's like active time battle from ff it's like 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 the like the active like time battles that that like seven and eight and nine had that means nothing not really that's that's still like that's like semi-turn-based i'd say you know i'd be down for like xenoblade style combat i'm gonna be real i like i I don't know how to describe knights of the old republic's combat because nothing else plays like it Maybe uh, that's why it's Knights so of the Old Republic two. Yeah, yeah, the Knights, Knights of the Old Republic. Well, actually, two, Witcher one <laughs> is in the Knights of the Old Republic engine, and it sort of, kind of plays like Knights of the Old Republic with a more like hack and slashy type vibe. It's a, it's I'll again hard to describe, but if if you've played Kotor one and you play Witcher one, you're like, yeah, these are on the same engine. I remember watching my dad play the Witcher one, and it he just did not he did not get it. It was really it took, it, t- it took me a while to get it. It's so freaking jank, but honestly, Witcher 1 is one of my favorite games. Despite its really janky gameplay, the story, the writing... I love janky, I love I old janky Witcher games. I for five minutes, and Geralt literally ran around like a drunk, inebriated... Just... That's how like, he runs in The Witcher 3. I don't get the hype around The Witcher 3, I'll be honest. And I hate the way that Geralt feels when he moves... Geralt... Gerald of The Witcher... Gerald Witcher does not control well. He feels uncomfortable. I, I, and, and I, I disagree. I think he controls fine. Roach, I hate Roach. Roach makes me want to kill people in Fortnite. 
In a video game. In a video um, game. In a video game. What's the most? Yeah, in Fortnite. In Fortnite. Anyways. Speaking of, there are lightsabers in Fortnite now. Yeah, and I still don't give a shit about Fortnite. I, I'm sorry. I do. Yeah, I'm no, a Fortnite no, no, dog. Nothing, nothing will get me to play Fortnite. But um, there's a lot of good Star Wars media out there. There's a lot of bad Star Wars media. Um, g- generally, any of the Dark Horse m- comics are good. Um, like the first, I, I I read like the first like run of the Marvel Star Wars comics, and those were pretty ballin'. Um, if you want something real interesting, there's a YouTuber who does fucking battle strategies for Star Wars battles, and he describes how things sh- would have been if they just did a different strategy. It's uh, so if you wild. Want- uh, st- I, I, I wouldn't really say like, if I knew like what a good starting point was, I think, I think in general, you should probably just like start with the, cause a- every legends book at least comes with a timeline. You're probably best starting with the Thrawn trilogy and then just reading according to the, the, the timeline. I mean, some of those like early books are kind of bad, but yeah, l- let's put it this way. You can't go wrong starting with a Thrawn trilogy. It's important. It's often referenced. Admiral Thrawn, the main antagonist, is one of the most popular characters, literally ever in all of in they all of Star Wars. They put him in the TV shows. He was so popular that they put him in the TV shows. Yes, I think he's one of the only characters that that's happened to, isn't he? He's the. I think he he at the moment is the only major EU like EU character like named character to come back. Yeah, and that's because and he, he, has, is he has a new so trilogy, important. and I've heard the new trilogy is also pretty good. Yeah, and he's got well, he's got he's got a new trilogy, and he's got a new new trilogy, which is his which is oh a, my a prequel God. to the new trilogy. Oh lord, he trilogying. Yeah, he he, he do be trilogy. Be the I forget. Wasn't the new trilogy was the new trilogy a remaster of the original, or was it just yeah the original one no. is canon, so I'm just doing more. No, so 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 the canon Thrawn trilogy, which is Thrawn, which is just a book called Thrawn, a uh, Thrawn alliances, and then treason i believe it 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 is uh basically thrawn's backstory for rebels it's him during like right after episode three leading up to rebels um you get a little flashback in two where he teamed up with anakin during the clone wars and then the new thrawn trilogy takes place while he was in the the chiss military academy before the the trilogy i just mentioned interesting but i think timothy's on the author I, as someone who actually who spoke to Timothy Zahn at a convention, he personally considers in his head all of his Thrawn books to be canon. Uh, to, like the character journey that Thrawn go, that goes through through all of his books in his mind are like part of like one timeline. So like just because like the Thrawn trilogy never happened, he very much sees canon Thrawn eventually growing into the Thrawn trilogy, which Disney looks like they're basically going to do their own Thrawn trilogy in the TV show. My guess, so, my guess is that, that um, they're going to, mm-hmm. if they don't literally show it, they're going to act the same way that they do with the Old Republic, where it's like the Old Republic isn't canon, but unless they contradict anything, it's in the timeline. Yeah, there's there's yeah, still kinda... room for the Thrawn trilogy to happen in Disney canon because we we got the Imperial Remnant, we got Luke, Leia, and Han running around. They haven't been ruined yet. Um, Jason Solo hasn't been born. Oh if wait, no, he's not thousand... Jason Solo anymore. If, if, ben, we, ben if Solo. we get a 
if we get a thousand subscribers on YouTube, Sergio will bring back his his Star Wars D and D campaign. With uh, was and, that the was that the? That's uh, where we're ending the episode. Oh, I was gonna ask, is that the? Roger, Roger. That is the Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. That is the origin of Niner Niner. Gotcha. Anyways, I love men.